0: Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Folks, What's going on
1: grid. This is Sports Grid.
2: Get on the grid.
3: Lots happening in the world of fantasy sports today. Of course, the NBA trade deadline is approaching. Major League Baseball players are getting ready for spring training and getting extensions as well. All that and more as Fantasy Sports Today, hour number two, starts now.
2: It's Fantasy Sports Today.
3: Welcome back. This is Hour 2 of Fantasy Sports Today, February 6, 2020. You can go back and listen on demand. We had J.P. and C.B. on the show a little bit ago, talking catching, talking about Will Smith, Jorge Alfaro, who you may want to draft a catcher in fantasy baseball. We got... Frank and I here for another hour on the show. And, um, you know, Frank, uh, interestingly enough, and we'll get back to some fantasy here in a minute, um, we can tell you that Max Muncy has received a three-year contract extension courtesy of Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic. I got to tell you, Frank, you know when we're going to have our conversation about guys, you know, guys we want in fantasy this year, Max Muncy is right at the top of my list. I want him everywhere this year.
1: Yeah, it's hard to argue with that, right? Back-to-back seasons with thirty-five home runs. I mean, if you had any trepidation last year and you were worried about him repeating what he did in twenty eighteen, uh, all he did was get better. Uh, st- uh, lowered the strikeout rate as well last year. Hitting in a great ballpark uh, with a great lineup with the Los Angeles Dodgers, obviously walks a ton, gets on base. So regardless of format, you know, if you play in an OBP, uh, if you play in a in a head-to-head points league, obviously the walks help you there as well. But even if you don't in Roto, right? Like he's going to give you elite three category production uh, and doesn't completely sink your batting average as well so it's really hard to argue against Max Muncie for this upcoming season.
3: Yeah and, and the thing is is that it's, it's interesting as it pertains to fantasy and it kind of transcends reality is that you never know when a player that gets a contract extension is going to take that next step. A good example of that is two years ago Cattell Marte uh, was given a contract extension by the diamondbacks and it didn't work out and then all of a sudden in year two he becomes arguably last year's fantasy baseball mvp I mean, he certainly could make that case all right uh coming up next the update on that and a whole lot more as we turn it over to dan strafford for a sports grid radio update
2: sports grid news update
0: A lot of moving parts heading into the NBA trade deadline at 3 p.m. Eastern later today. It's the trade that just won't end, according to Shams Charania of The Athletic. A new addition to the Memphis-Miami and possibly... The Oklahoma City Thunder trade, Jake Crowder and Solomon Hill will also be heading to Miami along with Andre Iguodala. This is in a deal for Justice Winslow, Dion Waiters, and some other pieces to a package heading back to the Grizzlies. Now, the deal had started with Andre Iguodala to the Heat. Iguodala agreed to the trade, and he also agreed to a two-year, $30 million extension. Adrian Wojnarowski, along with Charania were two of the first to report this potential deal Wednesday night. Adrian Wojnarowski is now reporting that they're focusing on just a two-team deal after a three- Team deal for Danilo Gallinari may be slowed because of no progress on contract extension negotiations. If Gallinari and the Heat can work down an agreement, something which calls a fluid situation, Gallo would then move on to Miami as well. It's growing increasingly unlikely, according to Chris Haynes from Yahoo Sports, that Andre Drummond will move on at the trade deadline. He will most likely stay. With the Detroit Pistons. The Philadelphia 76ers jumped into the trade market Wednesday night, fortified by their bench, landing Glenn Robinson III. Guard Alec Burks in a trade with the Golden State Warriors. Philadelphia sending three second round picks back one in 2020, one in 2021, and one in 2022. The Knicks reportedly plan to hire CAA player agent Leon Rose as their next president of basketball operations. Here at Craig Say there, before the update, Kem Rosenthal of The Athletic reporting, the Dodgers have signed Max Muncy to a three-year, $26 million contract extension. The three-team trade, three-team, five-player trade, I should say, for Mookie Betts is held up due to some concerns over some medicals of a prospect heading to the Red Sox. And Jock Peterson and the Dodgers are meeting on arbitration today. This is all ahead of him being traded to the Angels. I'm Dan Strafford, and this has been your Sports Green News update. All right. Thanks very much,
3: Dan. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Frank with you. Max Muncy has to be one of the most coveted players at his position in fantasy. Man, this guy uh, came out of nowhere. I remember doing the show, I think it was two years ago, talking fantasy. People were calling up, is Muncy real? Is Muncy real? And the answer for me was very simple. I have no idea. (laughs) I mean, almost no pedigree whatsoever. (laughs) A guy that was released a couple of times. And, and to me, I, I know that maybe that's the easy way out to say if a guy is, is going to be uh, good or not good and not know. But that was my answer. I just when, when someone has no track record like that, you have to assume that this is an organizational thing. And, hey, playing for the Dodgers definitely shows you that they know how to develop, they know how to draft, and they know how to get the best out of their players for sure. Um, okay, so back to uh, drafting we go. And Frank, as he mentioned earlier in the show, in case you missed it, unfortunately, drafted James Paxton in one of the drafts that he's done in this early part of the season in the NFBC Draft Champions League out of the seven hole. Uh, so, Frank, you're going to need to do a little bit of makeup to make up for that. It's not a killer, obviously. It's just one player. It's just kind of stinks that you're staring at your team and you're seeing a player that you know is not going to play for a couple of months. But beyond that, who, who are you looking at so far? Who did you end up getting this year?
1: Yeah, so from the 7-pick in an NFBC draft championship, this is, again, the draft and hold format. It's a 50-round draft. There's no waiver wire. It's a 15-team rotisserie league. There is an overall component as well. So traditionally, you don't want to punt any categories. You want to have stolen bases. You want to have saves as well. Uh, So through my first nine picks, I've got Mookie Betts, J.D. Martinez, Javier Baez, Aaron Nola, Manny Machado. James Paxton, Carlos Carrasco, Zach Gallen, and Ken Giles. So I just picked up my first closer, uh, and I'm I think I'm one pick away from uh, my tenth round pick here as well. And Craig, normally I don't pass on starting pitching early. I like to get you know one of these aces, but Colin Degrom are already gone at my pick by pick seven, and I had no problem taking Mookie Betts. Uh, I'm sharing this team with someone else. I wanted to take Shane Bieber in round two. He wanted to take J.D. Martinez. No problem there. I like J.D. Martinez. And then Javier Baez, I gave him my stamp of approval earlier in the week. How can I pass up on Javier Baez as well? So (laughs) there you go. I don't get my first starting pitcher until Aaron Nola in the fourth round, which is not terrible. But typically through the first five, six rounds, I want to have at least uh, two starting pitchers, one of them not being James Paxton, who's going to miss the next four months.
3: Yeah, and that that's the hard part of it. But look, I think that you did a good job backing Paxton up after that point, fortunately, with Carlos Carrasco, as you mentioned, Zach gallen and arguably my favorite reliever in the draft season, uh, Ken Giles, and I can you know certainly speak to, uh, more about him. Um, so at this point, look, you've accomplished what you were looking for in terms of power. Even with the injury to Paxton, you've got yourself some pitching as well. Uh, so I guess the next thing for you, is trying to find guys who have the uh, five tool types like the steals, because when I look at your team right <laughs> now, I see Mookie Betts with let's let's give Mookie Betts twenty steals. You know, I don't, I don't I don't think that he'll get there, but you know, possibly let's give him twenty over under nineteen and a half. Um, that that's something that you'll probably have to work on a little bit. How many do you project for Bias?
1: For Bias, let's say twelve.
3: Okay so you got yourself 30 steel so so what will be the attack for you as you move on here
1: I don't think that Machado is a zero either. I, I think he'll probably give us like six to eight stolen bases. So, uh, you're right. I do want to attack some more stolen bases here. I'm actually on the clock right now. So we could actually talk about this, but, uh, one player that I was looking at was Elvis Andrus, because again, nobody wants the old guy in the draft. I get it. No. But Andrus still stole tw- 31 bases last year. I think he's probably still a lock for 20 to 25 steals. It's a solid lineup with te- with the Texas Rangers. They're moving into a new ballpark there as well. Uh, But, again, someone who can, in the 10th round, give you 20 to 25 steals. Maybe he'll give me 12 to 15 home runs. He doesn't kill the batting average. He's right around a 270. He's going to hit either atop the lineup or in the middle of that lineup. So I think he's just a fine player. He's probably not going to win you your league. He's not going to lose you your league. So I'm looking at Elvis Andrus right now. uh, And I also incorporated Manny Machado, maybe six to eight steals. So uh, I have myself at about 40 stolen bases right now but I do need to rack up more stolen bases. Uh, you're right about that. So uh, what do you think about Elvis Andrews? Do you think he's uh, coming out at, at a fair value here in the 10th round? I think 20 to 25 yeah. steals is pretty much a lock from him. Uh, yeah, I mean, it
3: feels like he's been doing that now almost every year. I think he had an outlier season a couple of years ago that he may not repeat, but uh, he's, he's very solid. He's not spectacular. I think that you said it best. There are going to be other players that people covet more because they're a little bit shinier, that have a chance to do a little bit more. I would say 10 home runs, probably realistic for Andrews, maybe 12. Uh, Plays in a Texas lineup that didn't get a lot better. When I look around the diamond, maybe Gallo makes him a little bit better playing a full season. Uh, Frazier, uh, somewhat of an upgrade, I guess, to the infield. First base is a little bit unclear. Uh, No Mazzara there. I mean, look, I I think that, you'll probably get what exactly what you're expecting um, with this pick right here. It also uh, you know puts you in the position of having a middle infielder, which is always good at this stage of the game. And then I think that what you got to do is I think that you probably have to go back into the pitching market, unfortunately again, because, look, I mean, you, you, you have a guy that's not going to be there. So you on opening day, you got Nola as your one, you got Carrasco as your two. And you got Gallon as your three. Gallon could end up being your two and Carrasco your three. But I, I still think with one of the next two picks, you need uh, one more uh, strong guy to make up for Paxton. And then hopefully he comes back and, and ends up helping you for sure. All right, uh, let's do this. We'll take a quick timeout on Fantasy Sports Today. We come back next. As many of you know... I cover the uh, Miami Marlins both uh, here on the show, in person at the games, in spring training, and then my own podcast and website, swingsandmissions.com, and at Swings So Frank, as he's getting ready to draft, has some questions about some potential Marlins and some ex-Marlins as well. We'll hit on those next. Don't go away.
2: Sports today. Straight ball, I get it very much. Curveball, That's our afraid. Yes. Craig Mish and Frank Stamfold. Take care. That's I offer to God, bro. All right.
3: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Frank back with you here on the show. As we got ya all the way through the noon hour, all the way till 1 o'clock Eastern, and we turn it over to Dr. Roto. Do we ever get clarity on that? Is it Dr. Roto at 1 o'clock with Full-Time Fantasy every day from 1 to 2 Eastern? Okay, so what is at 1 o'clock? Can you inform me, Chris, on this? Fan- I apologize. That's Dane's show, correct? Okay. So I apologize to Dane. I'm sorry. I've been saying it's uh, it's uh, it's Dr. Roto's show. Okay, good. So we'll get Dane. Is, is the show live at 1 o'clock Eastern, by the way, if you don't mind me asking? Okay, great. So 1 to 2 Eastern. Uh, Dane will be on the Fantasy Freestyle Show. Make sure you catch that out. And by the way, last question here. Is that a radio and TV show or just radio? Perfect. All right. So we're on the only one, not on TV. All right. Well, we've got to get that worked out. Hopefully uh, next week or the week after. Uh, Okay. So, Frank, this segment is all yours, my friend. I know that you are uh, very interested in something. Why don't you tell the good people at home what you're interested in and then we can go from there.
1: Yeah, I have a few questions regarding uh, current or former Miami Marlins players, and obviously we respect and appreciate the work that you do with the Marlins organization. So I just kind of want to pick your brain a little bit here, and I want to start off talking about uh, Zach Gallen and kind of just ask you, you know, what you learned about Zach Gallen. Uh, in your time with the Marlins organization, while he was there, obviously his rise throughout the minor leagues last year, uh, I don't think nobody, anybody really saw him being that good last year. Really was just Incredible, he dominated AAA, uh, Really, like you see, some of the best pitching prospects uh, in baseball, and he wasn't really regarded as one of the best pitching prospects in baseball. So, uh, first and foremost, I just wanted to ask you, you know, what did you learn about Zach Gallen during his time uh, with the Miami Marlins organization um, before he was traded to the Arizona Diamondbacks last year?
3: Yeah, it's it's an interesting name. So, uh, Gallen, a couple of years ago, if you go back and look. And I want to say this was the spring training of 2018. He pitched with the Marlins, and I, I think it was 2018, and it was just, it w- did not go well for him, Frank, at all. And so there was not even a thought that he would be even in the picture to be in the rotation as a one or a two or even a three. Uh, he had such a good season in the minor leagues after that spring training that all of a sudden he became one of the Marlins, let's say, top 10 prospects. And he's a strike thrower. So when he was called up and they gave him the chance in uh, 2019, you're right. He was absolutely fantastic. And then it was just kind of weird because no one saw the trade coming. No one saw Gallen being dealt when he was on deadline day. And my understanding as to why that was was because they really coveted the shortstop on the Diamondbacks, Jazz Chisholm. Now, you and I don't have a clue as to whether or not this is going to work out. We're going to have to judge this in a couple of years. But the Marlins did not have anyone in the pipeline that they felt confident in that could play at that position uh, at, a, at a high level. Now, Miguel Rojas is there. Certainly, he's a great on-the-field guy. Um, you know, He's probably the captain of the team, the clubhouse leader, so to speak. And I think that he has a future with the team, but they think Chisholm, has a chance to be sort of like Didi Gregorius. That's kind of what they're hoping for, 25 home runs, 100 RBIs. How do you get that if you don't have it in the organization? The only way to do it is draft. Now, the Marlins felt, Frank, that Gallon's ceiling is a 3 or 4 starter. I When I talk to people, they think it, the ceiling is a lot higher. I think he proved that last year down the stretch with the Diamondbacks. So, I, I look, I don't see him as a one I think that uh, that the ceiling would be Aaron Nola, who you would say, oh, that's great. Give me Aaron Nola right now. But remember, Aaron Nola last year, April, May, and June didn't mm-hmm. look like Aaron Nola, right? So I think that that is kind of the high end as to what he can be. I don't ever see him as a DeGrom or a Scherzer or anybody like that. I don't, I don't think that that's coming. Uh, but he certainly in fantasy could end up being an SP2. I think right now having him as your SP3 is probably the best way to go. In terms of innings, I think you're looking at somewhere between 160 and 170. I don't think that's unreasonable at all. I think he could even go a little bit above that. He hasn't shown any signs of injury history, so that's another thing that certainly could go in your favor, and he has a very good temperament for being a starting pitcher. He's never too high. He's never too low. Um, so the uh, the upside is certainly there. He's also playing behind a very good team, Frank. With very good offense, very good defense. He's in a really good spot. He's not asked to start opening day for Arizona either. So I uh, do like him a lot, And and I think that there's a chance the Marlins made a mistake here. I don't know. We're going to have to see. They're very high on the shortstop that they got back in return, so you can't judge a trade like that now.
1: And Gallen is part of that group that I like to call the hype guys every year, right? The, the the pitchers, or just players in general, that start to see that helium, right? Once we get closer to March and once we get into those live event drafts, those guys that start to move up draft boards. Last year, Shane Bieber was one of those players, I believe the year before that. Uh, Luis Castillo was one of those players as well. We're starting to see that group. I really see a trio there of Max Freed, Frankie Montas, and Zach Gallon as like a trio that that is continuously moving up draft boards right now. And it's hard to argue Against it again, I mean, what Zach Allen did last year in AAA in the PCL uh, was just phenomenal. 177 ERA, he checks all the boxes when he came up last year. Uh, he had a 35% chase rate, a, 12 and a half, uh, 12.8% swinging strike rate. Uh, he had a, an awesome 67% first pitch strike percentage as well. The one thing I noticed that the, the, the biggest difference between what he did in the minors last year and in the majors were the walks. What did you see uh, revolving around the, con- the control or the command last year when it comes to Zach Allen? Because he averaged 1.68 walks per nine last year in AAA. And then when he got called up to the majors, when he was with the Marlins, when you really got to cover him, he averaged 4.46 walks per nine. That number went down to 3.7 walks per nine when he went over to the Diamondbacks. But, you know, what did you see in, in terms of the command with Gallon last year? You know, why was he letting some of these hitters get away from him in terms of uh, walks last year with the Miami Marlins?
3: yeah, I don't think that he had the same confidence that he had in the minor leagues, and I think that that developed as he went to Arizona. Uh, I mean, he has the ability to miss bats. It's, I don't think as solid as some of the other pitchers that you would consider as an s p two or s p three. But you're absolutely right. Those walks went up when he got to the big leagues. And I think that that's a natural progression for a lot of pitchers is that they have to learn to trust their stuff and they have to learn to be aggressive. And not pitch around batters. And he started to do that more with Arizona. Uh, I think that that will continue. I do see him as a strike thrower. I'm not particularly worried about the walks. That'll probably mean he gets hit a little bit more in the environment, certainly, that he's going to in Arizona. He isn't as conducive as the one in Miami, but not overly concerned with those numbers, Frank.
1: All right, so it sounds like, all in all, you're in on Zach gallen You like him this year for fantasy?
3: Yeah, if in a in a how many team league, in a uh 12 team league if he's my 3, um I'm very happy. In a 15 team league if he's my borderline 2 or 3, I'm happy as well. Yeah, I'm in. Sure.
1: All right. Well, yeah, he could have been my SP4, you know, if James Paxton didn't have to go and have surgery yesterday. But again, uh, (laughs) I kind of forced that pick uh, after James Paxton went down, so I get him as my SP3. And I'm with you. I like him going in that range as well. A current Marlin I wanted to ask you about here, Craig, is Caleb Smith, right? So a 228 NFBC ADP. Uh, It seems like people kind of forgot about how great he started off the season last year. I understand he dealt with a lot of injuries, and the final product really uh, does not tell the story. Story of how good Caleb Smith was in his first 11 starts with 3.1 ERA, a 3.58 xFIP, a 0.97 WHIP, and a 33.8% strikeout rate. That was fueled by a massive 15.6% uh, swinging strike rate, and then obviously got kind of derailed by the injuries last season. Um, What can you tell us about Caleb Smith here? Because I feel like if he did this to end the season, Craig, he would be going about 50, 60 picks earlier. And I think people are just kind of forgetting about what he did earlier on in the season. It seems like we kind of see that every year in fantasy baseball that people kind of uh, latch on to what they saw last in the second half of the season. But sometimes they forget about what they saw in the first half of the season. In the first half, Caleb Smith was really, really good.
3: Yeah, and what's interesting is that they were really – what I think, uh, we're on an innings limit with him, Frank. And so the injury that he had, I believe they were calling it a hip injury, if I'm not mistaken. That was a two-week injury that turned into a month and a half. And so that was a way for the Marlins to limit his innings. And I think that that worked adversely. I think it worked adversely to him. He fell out of his rhythm. When he came back, he didn't look as sharp. The same thing happened with uh, Miami when they shut down Pablo Lopez for a long period of time. Uh, As far as I understand, there are no restrictions on Caleb Smith this season, so I would expect his 2019 to look a lot more like it did in the first half, but I will say this, and this is the alarming part. uh, He gives up a lot of home runs, a lot of home runs. So uh, that is something that he is going to, and I think he's acknowledged this, that he has to change significantly. Uh, In terms of fantasy, uh, I think I probably have a little bit of a higher ceiling for Gallon just because of the overall numbers will look better, ERA and uh, and potentially even the whip. Caleb Smith is a 200-strikeout type pitcher. You know who he reminds me of a little bit? Robbie Ray. I think those numbers could be very similar to what Caleb Smith does. He's also a little bit older in terms of where he is as compared to some other players in the big leagues. But I, I think you'll see a mix of how good he was at the beginning and how uh, he kind of struggled down the stretch I don't think it was necessarily injuries. I think he was just simply ineffective. He was giving up way too many bombs. And, of course, if guys are going to be on base, that's going to be a killer. So that number uh, – by the way, in Miami, giving up that many bombs, uh, Frank. So I think that number has to come down significantly this year for him to be as effective. Uh, I think within the Marlins organization, he probably projects to me as a solid number three starter – I think Alcantara's probably uh, overall. I mean, it, looks, it looked like Alcantara was better than him, although Caleb Smith was much better than Alcantara in the first two months. And then, of course, you have uh, Sixto Sanchez and Jazz, uh, Sixto Sanchez and Edward Cabrera. I think that those are uh, potentially guys that could be better than him. Uh, but I liked what I saw from him in the first half. He has got to stop giving up home runs.
1: I agree with you. I think the Robbie Ray comp makes a lot of sense. I think Matthew Boyd is another comp that makes a lot of sense. Matthew Boyd struggled big time with the home runs last year but gets a ton of strikeouts. It's crazy. I see the projection systems over on Fangraphs. They have him for between a 4.5 and a 4.6 ERA and a 1.30 whip. Personally, I think Caleb Smith is going to way outperform those projections.
3: Yeah, I think his ERA probably in the high 3.8s, 3.9s sounds about right. Yeah, 4.5 seems, yeah, that doesn't seem right. All right, uh, we'll be back with more fantasy sports today. We play a little Trust or bust. Don't go away.
2: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanfall. Do you trust me? Trust. Do you trust me? Or bust? You are
0: so busted.
3: All right, welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It is Craig Mish and Frank Stanfall. Now, for the record here. Uh, as we departed, trust or bust in baseball last year, Bavona, we did change from the uh, the porn music on the end of trust or bust to something better, did we not? I thought we did do that at some point. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. So uh, Frank, don't don't be intimidated by the adult theme music here. Um, you
1: know. I kind of like uh, the porn you know. music though.
3: Yeah. Chris was in a really good mood when he put this together. He was just <laughs> married. He was he was going on his honeymoon. And uh, and you know you, you never know with Pavona what you're gonna what you're gonna get and so uh, what happened was the the running joke was we we had this uh, this this music that you're hearing right now and I asked uh, I think I think I asked Chris or Sean I don't remember to change it and it just kept coming back like I think that they were like trolling me because like every week I would say well have we not changed the music yet like didn't I ask for this like three times and they were like oh yeah yeah we're gonna ch-. and then finally it did change so there it is um, anyway. Uh, you ready to play a little Trust or Bust? I'm ready. Okay, see, this is a lot better. What is this, football? Vona's like out of his mind now, trying to find something different. It's okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Porn uh, music, Trust football bu- music. Uh, football, it's like a baseball show. It's like, you know, next we're going to hear like. Uh, what is this? Marching band music? <laughs> we're, we're <laughs> this is definitely one
1: of the NFL film songs. <laughs> Oh,
3: here we go. All right, uh, let's start off. Uh, so here's another way trust or bust works, Frank. You've never played this game before, and there's really no winners or losers here. Well, I get that there may be, but uh, I'm going to ask you about players that you would consider trusting drafting in the draft season of 2020. I'll give you my opinion as well. There are definitely some holes to be poked at all of these guys, and so you're going to have to make decisions on all of them, so let's get started. All right, let's start off with Alex Bregman of the Houston Astros. I mean, the controversy that surrounded the Astros is definitely there. A lot of question as to whether or not he was aided in the numbers that he put up. What a phenomenal player he was offensively. All the home runs, all the doubles. Uh, Arguably one of the team leaders of the Astros. But who knows what's going to happen next. So, do you trust Alex Bregman in 2020?
1: I do trust Alex Bregman uh, at his ADP of 15 in the month of uh, February According to NFBC ADP, he did go pick nine in my draft. I wouldn't take him that early, but at his ADP of 15, I do trust uh, Alex Bregman here. Look, he's not going to give you much in terms of stolen bases anymore, but what he did in 2018 was... 31 home runs. He was up over 100 uh 100 runs and 100 RBIs and then he followed that up in 2019 with a 296 batting average, 41 home runs, 122 runs scored, 112 RBIs, a 1015 OPS. He was just ridiculous last season. The plate discipline is awesome. Uh he was the only qualified hitter with more walks and strikeouts last year. So he's good in OBP. He doesn't hurt you in batting average. I think he's going to hit between 280 and 290. Um Posted career highs in hard contact, fly ball rate last year as well. Personally, I really don't worry much about the whole cheating scandal. Uh, Like People are going to ask him questions. It is what it is. I think Bregman is still a super talented player, hitting in a good ballpark with a really, really great lineup uh, around him as well. Uh, I wouldn't take him in the middle of the first round, but if you can get him at the end of that first round range at a 15-team or or early second round according to his 15 uh, NFBC ADP, I'm fine with that. I do trust Alex Bregman in that range.
3: He had a ridiculous season last year. 41 home runs, 119 walks, and in 2018, 51 doubles. This guy is averaging over 40 doubles and 30 home runs a season. It's just insane. So um, you, I think you got to expect some pullback from last year. And so then you ask yourself the question, okay, so what will those numbers look like? 110 runs, 36 home runs... Uh, 98 runs driven in. I mean, this is still good enough to be a first-round pick in fantasy, so I think that the answer is still trust. And like you, I'm not overly worried about the uh, the banging of the drum. I think that he will be fine. All right, uh, let's move on to Corey Kluber of the Cleveland Indians. Kluber goes from Cleveland to Texas and will be the opening day starter for the uh, for the Rangers in their brand-new ballpark. So that should be really fun to see. Uh, A little bit of a different season for Kluber than what we would would normally expect last year. His ERA was almost six and uh, suffered through some injuries. One specifically is when he was hit uh, by a line drive that completely derailed his campaign. Seven games pitched all of last year. Now they're asking him, Frank, to go back to be the Kluber of old, which is give me 30 starts with an ERA sub three and close to 200 strikeouts. Do you trust Corey Kluber on the Rangers this year?
1: I don't. I have Corey Kluber as a bus this year. He, Him and Carlos Carrasco are probably two of the hardest pitchers for me to figure out for the 2020 season. Uh, and let's not forget, Corey Kluber is getting up there in age. He's 34 years old. And yes, he suffered a broken arm last year because of a line drive. He tried to rush back and then ended up suffering the oblique injury. And that was basically his entire season. But... Are we just going to dismiss the fact that in his first seven starts before he got hurt, he had a 5.80 ERA and a 4.88 XFIP? That is not the Corey Kluber that we are used to. He was still getting a strikeout per inning, but... 3.7 3.7 walks per nine. That's not Corey Kluber either during that stretch. 22.6% strikeout rate. That was his lowest since 2013 before he got hurt last year as well. And he also started to allow a lot more hard contact, I noticed. So from 2011 to 2017, a 27.4% hard contact rate. From 2018 to 2019, the past two seasons that he pitched in, he that number has gone up to 36.7%. So you have the age surrounding Corey Kluber, the fact that he got hurt last year, the fact that he's allowing more hard contact. He's got to move over to a new team. And the Cleveland Indians basically gave him up for nothing. I'm out. I do not trust Corey Kluber this upcoming season. He's a bust for me, Craig.
3: Well, you make a really, really strong case there. Uh, You got to wonder what his numbers will look like at the end of the year, if they'll even resemble what they were two years ago. I would have to think that he'll be better than what he was in that limited stint last year, but... You make a pretty strong case to stay away from him on draft day for sure. All right, let's let's uh, let's go now to uh, Kenley Jansen of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, you know, there's some people who feel like Kenley Jansen is going to be a Hall of Famer one day. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people out there who think that he's had that dominant of a career. And when you look at it overall, Frank, the numbers don't really lie. I mean, he's got... 300 saves and if he continues to pitch he'll end up with 400 that's usually a recipe for the hall of fame last year his era ballooned to 371 his whip went over one for the first time in almost five years and yet he's still more or less being taken as a top 10 closer in fantasy the dodgers at this point seem to have backed him up a little bit if i'm not mistaken uh by adding uh blake Trident uh, so if something would happen to Jansen, Trinan would end up being the guy Trinan himself did not have a good year last year. So will Kenley Jansen be on any of your fantasy teams? Is it the end for Kenley Jansen? Fantasy baseball, trust or bust?
1: I don't think Kenley Jansen is going to be on any of my teams. I have him as a bust this year, and I actually had the decision last night, Kenley Jansen or Ken Giles, and I took Ken Giles over Kenley Jansen. Uh, six straight seasons of 33-plus saves for Ken, for Jansen. Uh, that's invaluable for fantasy baseball, obviously. Uh, and the Dodgers should be the best team in the National League, maybe the entire MLB. But the skills are starting to erode a little bit, and we can't forget about the heart condition that he has as well. Uh, he went from a 14 strike uh, K per 9 in 2017 down to 10.3 in and 18 and 11.4 in and 19. So it did bounce back a little bit last year, but not to the level that we expected him of. Uh, when he was in his elite and his prime in, in that 2015 to 2017 range, the ERA went from 1-3-2 in 2017 up over three in 2018, and then 3.71 last year. The velocity starting to tick down as well, uh, and then he had a bad second half. He had a 4.44 ERA, a 1.25 WHIP in the second half. The line drive rate went up 10% as well in that second half. So. Uh, I think there's enough there uh, with Kenley Jansen uh, where you're worried about him. And, look, you still have to pay a decent uh, price for him being drafted as a top 10 closer this year. Give me Ken Giles over him. I think I'm going to be avoiding Kenley Jansen. I have him as a bust this upcoming season, Craig.
3: Yeah, I think so. Um, I, look, I, I got it. maybe I'm not as, as strong on it as you because I still think that he falls into that Giles range, although I would take Giles too. I like him a lot. So I wouldn't consider him a bust. I just think that you have to understand that calling him elite or putting him into that category I think would be a a bad move. Um, Okay, now let's move over to uh, the gem on one of the really, I think, worst teams in all of baseball. It's hard to argue that. And that is Trey Mancini of the Baltimore Orioles who, by all accounts, had his coming out party last year, Frank, um, 364 on base percentage last year for trey mancini that is a massive number for a player that played on baltimore plays in a good park 35 homers 38 uh, doubles they haven't really talked about extending him they haven't really talked about trading him so you don't know really what his mentality will be going into the season that's something that we can't quantify does mancini come back to earth from that 35 home run season does he stay the same better worse trust or bust trey mancini this year
1: I think he does take a little bit of a step back, but based on where you're getting him, I, I do tr- trust Trey Mancini. I think it's very similar to Max Muncie from last year where he kind of came out of nowhere and then you were getting him at a discount during draft season because people didn't really know what to make of Max Muncie. and now you see Muncy going in that 5th, 6th round range this year. Uh, I kind of feel the same way about Trey Mancini. I feel like a lot of people don't know what to make of his season from last year but it was a breakout, account, uh, breakout season by all accounts. 35 home runs, 106 runs scored, 97 RBI, 291 batting average, and he raised his launch angle, so I like to see that career high, 22% line drive rate, 31.9% fly ball rate, and if those things continue to trend up, we could see uh, maybe not more home runs, but maybe it can make that 30-plus home runs uh, projection more realistic for Trey Mancini this upcoming season, Uh, so I really like the splits as well. 910 OPS versus lefties, 893 against righties. He was good at home. He was good away from Camden as well. I I, I love everything about uh, what I saw from Trey Mancini last year. Uh, he, I trust him. I trust where he's going this year. I think as as a back end starting first baseman or as a corner infielder, I have no problems. Yeah, I, I'm
3: I'm going to go the other way on this. I just don't see the same numbers happening again. Uh, 24 home runs, 24 home runs, then 35. Massive jump in runs driven in. Massive jump uh, in runs scored massive jump in on base percentage uh i'm not going to say he's a bust but i am going back to a little normalcy with him we'll be right back with more fantasy sports today after this don't go away
2: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford.
3: All right, welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Frank here with you for the next 15 minutes. And Fantasy Freestyles coming up at the top of the hour. Dane has got you for an hour uh, from 1 to 2 Eastern. And what's on the Fantasy BFF's menu today, Frank, besides you traveling all over the the tri-state area to get to the studio.
1: We're going to be taking a deep dive at the NBA trade deadline. It's actually been pretty quiet, you know, outside of the deals that we've already uh, seen completed last night and the night before. Uh, there's not really much going on today. We've got a few smaller trades going down, but we're really going to cover the NBA trade deadline from a fantasy perspective, from a wagering perspective, see whose uh, championship odds are changing as a result of uh, making trades. So we're really really doing an, an entire NBA trade deadline primer uh, today on the fantasy BFFs.
3: All right, so we'll catch that this afternoon. By the way, you mentioned something earlier. I want to ask you about. You said that you're not a big pop culture guy, and that essentially, if it doesn't happen in sports, then you don't really know about it. But you you did say that you are engaged, and you're and you're gonna be married here soon at some point. Like, how how do you get away with that? With with the uh, fiance? Like, aren't you being forced to watch bad TV at some point, bad movies at some point?
1: Yeah, she's probably going to leave me soon, Craig, if we're being honest. Oh, I'm <laughs> I know sorry. it's morbid to say. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like Greg and I talk about this a lot, too. Like, Greg goes home and he watches, you know, the Bachelor shows with Judy, and he goes home and watches uh, the baking championship and stuff. And I'm just sitting in my corner looking at projections and. and you know, trying to come up uh, with stuff for this sh- for this show for BFFs, and I'm looking at a bunch of different stuff for the fantasy baseball season. I'm making draft picks on NFBC. I'm throwing stuff around because I'm drafting James Paxton, uh, and of course, just uh, in in the bedroom, you have my fiance just very quietly watching Law and Order. Uh, she does her thing. I do I uh, I do my thing. Uh, but yeah, during the weekdays, um, there's not a lot of time spent together. So <laughs> I think I have to make that more of a priority here, Craig, uh, or else I'm going to end up alone.
3: Now, now, does she listen to your radio shows that you do? This one or or the no, BFF no, show? No,
1: no, not at all. No. I could say whatever I want, she'll oh. never know.
3: Okay, I was going to say think... because you know, that's, <laughs> the da- that's the that's <laughs> the that's the danger zone of that, you know? You get started in on that and then you never know. Like every once in a while, um, you know, my wife, she you know, when I first started back in uh, June here, She said, you know, can I listen to this in the car? And I said, well, no, but it's actually a lot easier. You could download this app and listen to it. And then, you know, she didn't do it for a few days. Then finally she's like, I'm going to download it. Can you show me how to do it? Because she doesn't know. So I downloaded both apps, the FNTSY app. I downloaded the iHeartRadio app. And, uh, you know, I didn't know that she was listening every day. I had no idea, no clue. And then one day, it must have been like two weeks in, I must have told a story or mentioned something. And then I hear her coming, running in, like with the app open. I heard what you said. I heard what you said. I'm like, wait a second, (laughs) I didn't even know that you were listening to the show. And she's like, of course I'm listening to your show now. um, Thankfully, now I don't. I think she's, you know, out of it now. You know, I think that she's. I think that the the thrill and the interest of listening to a new show is done because I've been doing radio and TV for so long. It's like always that first few shows that she's like really into, and then realizes like, oh, he's just doing the same thing that he's done everywhere else.
1: Yeah, she she doesn't want to find out about whether or not we trust uh, Trey Mancini for the upcoming season or not. No. Uh, here's how I know my no. fiance is not listening for sure, uh, is because she's one of these people where she really cannot keep her mouth shut, right? So like if she heard something or heard me say something, she would definitely bring it up and like approach it to me. Uh, if she is listening, then she's probably has probably has a journal. Uh, Filled to the brim somewhere with things that i've said throughout the years uh mostly great things and you know it's me commending her for uh letting me do my thing and you know look at baseball stats and stuff at home uh but yeah she definitely doesn't listen or else i'm 99 percent sure she would bring it up to me and, and probably yell at me if we're being honest craig now, now do
3: you now now that i know she's not listening i can ask some other questions do you guys have a wedding she, date planned and an area like is this all planned
1: Oh, yeah. July 3rd, 2021. That is a Saturday next year. Uh, We're planning to do a big uh, next day after party as well. She's Polish, so that's a big part of Polish culture where they basically have a second wedding the very next day for uh, all close friends and family. Uh, So we Figured, all right, we'll have the wedding uh, July third, and then the next day we have Fourth of July. We can have a big barbecue, a uh, big you know get together, a big party, and basically have a second wedding the next day as well. So uh, it's going to be a whole weekend affair. Uh, July third, twenty twenty one. We're doing it at uh, Terrace in the Park, which is right near City Field. Actually, it's in Queens. Oh,
3: okay, so it's not going to be at Versa then.
1: No, no, it's not going to be at Versa, uh, and and, and the engagement Versa, party is <laughs> and the engage and the engagement party is not going to be in the pit. No, the maybe my bachelor party will be in the pit. Maybe maybe Greg Sussman will throw me a little surprise party there.
3: Yeah, that's that's always the interesting dynamic is where to do the bachelor party too. So last year in July, uh, I I came. Uh, my my daughter does like a Broadway camp every year, and and so I. We decided to take the whole family up basically last year, so I do recall being up there last year and getting my first view of the pit. And I remember as I was walking in, uh, you know, Greg Sussman was walking me in and like and basically giving me the speech. You know, he's like, "Now look, you're g- we're gonna go in there. You you know, you're gonna see what, and you're gonna you're gonna understand everything that's going on, and then you're gonna have a full view." You're of are gonna see it. And some I was things, like, man. man. It's, 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 you know, there, there could be some monkeys with herpes in there. I'm just saying, I don't know the answer, but I believe I said there. gonorrhea, gonna... not herpes. <laughs> we're gonna go in there, and then I walked in and I saw like everyone just like on computers, and like it was hot as it was hot, and I'm like, and then we walked out and I said, Hey, Greg. Like, what's the deal, dude? Like, everyone is like, it's like a sauna in there, and he's like, I don't don't understand why nobody just goes up and turns the air on. I'm like, wow, I definitely do not (laughs) want to. Do you know who who violates that
0: rule more than anybody, Craig, that just complains about the heat and the air and doesn't do anything about it? Do you know who does that more than anybody? Who is it? That would be your co-host, Frank Stample.
3: I Me, mean, Frank, why don't you just go and turn the air on in there, man? It's like brutal. And like everyone's sweating, like people are taking their shirts off, like Bavona's like
1: shaving his armpits by one of the computers. It's like crazy in there. <laughs> the manimal. Oh Well, here's what Greg left out. I have the, uh, the, no- uh, the phone number of the gentleman uh, who was in charge of uh, controlling the temperature. Uh, and I've become uh, very close, or I'd like to think so, because I text him all the time when I was in the pit saying, hey, man, it's, uh, it's 30 degrees, it's winter outside. Uh, can you please shut off the air conditioner? Because it's now 20 degrees in here. Uh, so that's just a little bit of what we've had to deal with uh, in the pit. So I've actually come around a little bit more. I've, uh, I've opened up a little bit. I'm, I'm trying my best to get the temperature changed, but it's like in another room. It's a conference room where I don't want to bother people next that door. Are doing stuff at the hotel. Uh, Greg, you know that that room is locked 90% of the time, so stop making stuff up. All you, you do Greg, is you tell me to, do to right go now.
0: do something. You go tell me, go unlock the door. So instead of telling me, you could just go unlock the door yourself.
1: No, well, I feel bad bothering the guy every single day. Greg, don't you have a BFF rundown you should be making right now?
3: Yes, boss. Wow, there you go. Wow. The gauntlet <laughs> has been has been has been thrown down for sure. Yeah. Like the the thing is, is that it's interesting because, uh, you know, you guys are all up there for the most part in New York. I mean, a couple of the hosts are here. I know Joe Ranieri's in South Florida. Um, so we don't get a chance to view that pit. But the thing that I keep hearing is, oh, you have no idea. Like the pit has changed and it's amazing now and it's so good. But yet every time someone's bringing up the pit. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's it's being talked about in the same way, so I'm not really sure. I'll hold my judgment for my July visit when I'm up there again, because I, I am gonna be making another repeat visit to uh, the uh, beautiful Sports Grid Studios at the Versa Hotel. Uh, inside is it? Would you say it's inside the Versa Hotel in uh, in Manhattan? Is that accurate?
1: Yes, yeah, so the studio is built inside Versa, which is a bar slash restaurant, which is built inside of the hotel. So it's kind of like Inception, Inception, yes. you know, it's a studio yes. built inside of a bar restaurant inside of a hotel. So the name of the hotel is The Renaissance, and then the name of the restaurant is Versa, and then obviously we have Studio 34. Uh, and I can attest that the the pit does look much better, just... Okay. In terms of uh, some remodeling that has been done, uh, but we still definitely have temperature issues in there. You walk in, it's 30 degrees outside, it's 20 degrees inside the pit, uh, and now our microwave shuts off whenever it wants to. So you're trying to heat oh. up your food, uh, and, and your microwave shuts off as well. So, uh, Greg, while you're making the BFF rundown, make sure to go order another microwave as well.
3: Yeah, there you go. And uh, Bavona, no shaving your armpits in the uh, in the pit this year. We gotta we gotta put an end to that. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I remember uh, going over to Versa, which used to be Rock and Riley, and we had Tout Wars draft there, which was a horrible idea, of course, because it's so loud, and the <laughs> NCAA tournament was going on right next to it at Madison Square Garden, and we couldn't hear any of the auctions. Couldn't hear anything. And so uh, that's why I didn't have a good team. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't have a good team because I was terrible. But all right, we got to end the show here. Uh, It's time to end, as we always do, with a little exit velocity. I feel the need
1: need for speed.
2: Exit velocity.
1: Nice velocity.
3: All right, we'll end the show with the trade that is still not completed. How is it possible in the NBA that you can have trades done so fast and in Major League Baseball you have arguably the biggest trade of the season and we're still waiting for it to become completed? Look, you got to understand that sometimes these deals take a little bit of time to go through because of injuries and issues, and it's funny is that every single time you hear a reporter like myself or someone else say the trade is complete pending a physical, For the first time in a long time, it's actually pending a physical. And no, this is not the Baltimore Orioles turning down every single trade like they did in the past over medicals. It's just a matter of when you get a pitcher back in return that you're trying to make into a franchise-type guy, whether it's in the ninth inning, seventh inning, eighth inning, or even as a starter, I guess you got to make sure that uh, the kid is healthy and legit. So I get it, but I would tell you this, by the time we come back on the show tomorrow, my guess is Mookie Betts will be a member of the Los Angeles Dodgers officially there's no turning back once you do this to a player once you tell him he's traded he is not going back to Boston and indeed that will do it for the show here on this Thursday thanks again to our producer Chris Pavona also thank you to JP Aaron Sebia for coming on the show appreciate appreciate his participation uh, for my co-host Frank Stanfield. I am Craig Mish Coming up next, Dane has got you for Fantasy Freestyle, and we'll be back tomorrow at noon right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have a great Thursday night, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow. See ya.